0: gentlemen boys and girls and those who don't identify as either you are listening to ratchet and respectable with demetria l lucas i'm so sad today and you won't even believe why my travelers have gone the travelers for the inaugural season world trip are all safely on planes some of them have landed back in the united states other ones like the ones in cali they had layovers, so they might still be in the air. But the ones with direct flights have landed at home. But they left last night, and I was truly sad. I really enjoyed having them here. It was a great trip. We just completely lucked out with an amazing group of travelers. Every single person it was just absolutely lovely. Like, that never happens. <laughs> Yesterday was a free day because most of their flights didn't leave until, say, like 11 o'clock. So they didn't have to leave for the airport until around 730 or 8. So they had the day to themselves. Do you know they all got together and went shopping and then ended up going to lunch together and then came back from lunch and then all wanted to hang out at the pool together? Most times people will gather into groups of two or three, maybe four, and they scatter all over the cities to go to different restaurants or do different activities. But they all plan to stay together and move in this one large group. Like it's a testament of how well everyone got along and just enjoyed each other's company. It was great. There were a couple people that stayed behind just because they'd scheduled spa days and they were like, look, I'm about to get on this 10 hour flight back to America. I want to be relaxed as possible. I actually stayed back at the hotel to hang out with a few people who were going to and from their spa days. You know, I have like introvert tendencies. I enjoyed every single person on the trip. But by day seven, in order to keep my energy when people were actually present, I just had to take it down to a two. So there was another introvert on the trip, and so we just hung out by the pool literally all day. I mean, from like 10, 30, 11, all the way until seven o'clock. Like we just, we did nothing. We were just laying there on our phones every once in a while talking about like absolutely nothingness. It was great. It was like the best. And she was also someone I didn't get a lot of time to just really like sit and talk to and get to know throughout the rest of the trip. So it was good to just have one on one time. So I got to know every woman on the trip as intimately as you can get to know someone in about a week. It was really important to me to have quality time with every traveler. I don't take it for granted that folks got on a plane and literally crossed an ocean to hang out with me for this trip. And nobody knows me. Nobody's been on vacation with me. These are people who have followed me on social media for years. And in some cases, people who have been to book signings like as far back as a bell in Brooklyn in 2011, which is I guess it's 12 years now. Meeting people and actually knowing someone and trusting you literally with their money and their vacation and their life. Um, that people do that for me is not something that I take for granted. And I'm very, very grateful. So many of the travelers like made genuine connections. A couple of people even booked other trips, not trips that we're doing. Separate trips, like, you know, in the middle of dinner the other day, two women who had literally just met on this trip booked a trip. I think to go to Kenya and Tanzania. But like that level of of connection was made between folks. It was really just a blessing to watch. I'm honored that I can facilitate these kind of groups and completely thankful to Davida and her entire team. I wanted to do a curated trip and I shared with Davida after she talked me into the trip to begin with. But I shared with her like this is what I want to do and these are the places that I want to go. And this is the kind of experience that I want the group to have. And she was like, say less. And then I tried to interfere on like the back end. I mean, literally like six weeks ago. And I was like, hey, so what about this? And hey, so what about this? And hey, so what about this? And Davida, was, she was so very nice about it. And so she was like, hey, these are things that we worked out like months ago. Thank you. You know what you need to do? Host. I was like, that's, you don't need my help. And she was like, we have a whole team. Thanks. She and her team just knocked it out the park. I just in awe and overwhelmed and super, super, super thankful and missing my group. I told Davida the other day, I said, um, when it comes to the season World Trips, I said, I think I only want to do two of them a year. Consistently, I think I would like to do a Thanksgiving trip. I like the idea of giving people something different to do and also doing something different. For myself. And I was also playing around with the idea of a Mother's Day trip. So many people on the trip were saying that their moms were calling in like 24 7 What are you doing? And where are you going? And what are you wearing? And what are you seeing? And tell me about this experience. And tell me about the people. Like the moms were like fully invested. And a lot of them had never been to Ghana before or anywhere on the continent, but there was definitely a strong curiosity. I thought it would be dope if people did like a mother daughter trip. And I mean like my grown friends to bring their very grown mothers. But I also think my friends who have, you know, halfway grown or grown because my best friend's kid is 25. Um, but people who have grown daughters who, you know, want to introduce them to the continent or international travel if they've never experienced it. Like, I think that would be dope. That's something I'm looking forward to. Like, I mean, obviously, it's not for Mother's Day, but my mom is coming. Both my parents actually are coming next week along with the travelers for the second Season World group. My mother has never been on the continent before, and so I'm really looking forward to introducing her to Ghana. So I thought that might be fun. I thought other people might want to have an urge to do that with their mom. We're playing with those dates. Just to be clear, Mother's Day is not for next Mother's Day. So you don't have to collect your coins just yet. Um, that's something we would try to work out, I think, for 2024. I'm like really bummed that they're gone. I had a really great time with them. But I'm also thankful that I get a chance, not today because I'm doing the podcast, but at some point tonight and then all day tomorrow, I want to like just lay like a lump and do absolutely nothing. And at some point I have to get to the theater and see Wakanda Forever in English. I'm reading so many conversations about why is it the black people are fighting the brown people when the black people and the brown people are both mad at the white people. Why are they fighting each other instead of coming together to fight the white people who are antagonizing them? And I was like, valid questions. All valid questions. Blessed are those who ask the questions, brother or sister in this case. But I really want to see or better. I want to understand the movie for myself so I can jump into the discussion. Like in theory, it's a valid argument. Those are my only plans for the week. Oh, and to get my lashes done. I haven't had my lashes done since before I left for East Africa. So it's been like five weeks. I have no lashes. All the lashes that I had and paid good, good money for, they've all fallen out. I spent the last three weeks putting on lashes every morning and I was like, oh no, I I forgot how much I hated this and how time consuming it is. And I was like, no, 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 no. I got to go get my lashes done. So if I finish this on time today, that's what I'm about to go do. I'll find the energy to go get my lashes. What else is going on? There's good black news this week. Darling Megan, you know how I feel about Meg The Stallion. Even though the music sometimes is a little much for my ears, and my ears are ears that were developed on Little Kim, but even Meg is just a little too much for me sometimes, so the music might be too much, but I love the Meg. And she's on the cover of Forbes. It's the 30 Under 30 issue, which I read that, and I was like, why is Meg on the 30 Under 30 issue? I forget how young she is. Meg's only 27. It's not that she looks older. She acts, to me, maturely. She strikes me as somebody's in her 30s. It's not lost on me that she doesn't have immediate family, like both her mother and her grandmother. I knew both of them were deceased. I didn't realize they died in the same month. I was reading that in the Forbes article, and I was like, what? That probably has something to do with the level of maturity. Like, you don't really have anybody, not nobody, but not having a mom or a grandmother to rely on, that'll grow you up real quick. I would be very proud of her accomplishments, you know, either way, but I'm even more proud that she's able to, I don't know if overcome is the right word, but to continue to go through. Because I don't think, you know, losing your mom or, or grandmother is something you ever really get over. It's something you continuously go through. But I, I respect that she's able to push through what had to be or has to still be incredible grief and still be able to accomplish all the things that she has. Because I think that would have derailed most people. I also read, I think on Essence, that Meg is the first black woman to make the 30 under 30 cover for Forbes. So there's many levels of this congratulations, including the numbers that garnered her this Forbes cover. Forbes estimates that Meghan earned 13 million in 2022 from a combination of royalties, ticket sales, endorsements and merch. I'm reading from the article, just FYI. Forbes notes that since 2019, Meg the Stallion, Meghan, They don't call her Meg. Megan the Stallion has surged ahead on hip-hop's inside rail, leaping from $500 gigs in her hometown of Houston to partnering with the biggest stars, Beyonce, Nicki Minaj, and BTS. They note that in 2020, Cardi B tapped Megan. We talked about WAP extensively. I had no idea that WAP had 2 billion, billion with a B, streams on Spotify and YouTube. I knew it was big. I had no idea the song was that big. Cardi gave a quote to Forbes about Meg. She said she's so empowering and so sexy. She's Mega Million Megan. I was like, that's cute. They note that Meg is working with billion dollar brands like Nike, Revlon, Cash App, and Popeyes. I miss Cash App. I think I miss Revlon too. And Nike. I knew about Popeyes. I miss Nike, Revlon, and Cash App. Did I know about Revlon? No. I can't even picture the ad in my head. They also note that she worked with Frito-Lay. And then for her Cheetos Super Bowl ad, she was paid $2 million. Really? I had no idea she was making that much on ads. Huh. Her deal with Popeye's was worth $1 million. That's the only one I've heard about. I thought they would have paid her a little more. They also gave her $250,000 for her own Popeye's restaurant. She owns a Popeye's? Apparently, I think I know about Meg and apparently I know nothing. Because I'm reading through this article and I was like, why is all this information new to me? But they also talk about some other things that she has coming down the pipeline. There's a 2023 world tour. There's another studio album. I expected that. Um, they also note that she's moving from stallion to TV star. That's a Forbes quote. With a Netflix deal to create and produce a slate of shows, including a comedy based on her childhood. Time Inc. is also paying her $3 million to produce a documentary on her life. Huh. I'd watch that. I'd like to know what the day-to-day life of Meg the Stallion is. That's exciting. It's a really cute article and really good photos. Who does Meg's makeup? That wing eyeliner that she always does is a work of art. I try and try and try. I can't do a wing for anything. And I love the look of it. I would wear it every day if I could. But I just, it's not my ministry. I can't get it right. But the photos here are like really, really good. She's fully clothed and still sexy as fuck. And she's got the red hair, like the dark mahogany hair. She looks really, really pretty. She has this orange dress. Black folks look good in all colors, but specifically jewel tones do really well for us. Congratulations are also in order for Portia. What's Portia's last name? Portia Williams. I couldn't remember her last name for anything in the world. She's one of those people that in my head is just like first name only. Like if you say Portia, I'm not like West, Like which Portia. There's really only one public Portia, to my knowledge. Um, but she got married over the weekend I don't remember what his name is. I know he's worth $40 USD. It's, It's what matters to her. It's also the detail that stands out to me. Don't judge me. But her wedding photos, baby. She had a Nigerian wedding where she wore this beautiful, beautiful red dress. Like, oh my God, it was so beautiful. When I was scrolling and I saw the pictures, literally I gasped. Gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. And then she did a white wedding after that. And it was giving very much like Christmas black Barbie. Like It was it was perfect. She said she wanted to do a fairy tale wedding. She nailed it. And I had to go look up because I was like, who did this? Because I was like, this ain't no average wedding planner. This ain't no average gown. I had to go look it up. You know who did it? Swanky Jerry. Did you watch that show on Netflix? Like rich, famous African, famous, rich African, something like that. Like, he was the star of the show. He didn't really say that much either, but he's a stylist. I want to say he's based out of... He was living in South Africa for the taping of the show, but he's Nigerian. I don't know where he actually lives because I follow him on Instagram. The man don't stay in one place for more than five days. That said, they got him a visa and got him to America, got him to Atlanta for this damn wedding. He put his foot in this wedding. I ain't seen money spent like this since Marjorie Harvey. And I was like, Portia, baby, now that you've got access to this newfound wealth, please, please utilize it. Please spend this money beautifully. I love the way that Marjorie spends money. She spends it so well. If you're not going to save and invest, if you're going to blow the bank, make it look like something. Marjorie Harvey consistently does that. I'd like to see more people do it. If Portia can please us in this way, if she so chooses, I would love to watch the journey. I would love to watch her spend it. I ain't trying to spend mine. I got to buy this condo at some point. They talk about any decent condo that I want in Accra and going to be ready till 2024. I was like, excuse me? I was trying to buy something by January. What, what, what do you mean? I have a really good realtor. It's the woman who helped Davita get her townhouse house. Davita swears by her, and I don't doubt her. But the stuff that she sent me, and she was like, "Here, like this is what's available right now. Like if you want something for January, this is what's on the market." And the stuff that she showed me, I was I was like, "That won't do." And she was like, "Okay." She was like, "You're very specific. You want a very specific thing in a very specific place." She's like, that's not on sale right now. She's like, it exists, but people aren't selling them. And it will exist because people are building them. And you need to buy them now if you want it by fall 2024. And I was like, what? What? That's throwing a doozy into my plans. Like, I wasn't planning to live in the place full time. But still, I wasn't planning to wait until 2024 to move in either. I mean, I guess that just gives me more time to bop around the world. It's a big world. I want to bop around Africa, but I also want to bop around some other places too. So I was like, well, that's giving me more time. But we'll see. I haven't figured out what that situation is, but that's not the point. The point is, I need to watch somebody else spend money because I can't spend mine right now. And Portia would be great to do it. She has good individual style on her own. But now that she's linked up with Swanky Jerry, I was like, please, please release the fabric weddings were absolutely beautiful. Simon. Simon is the husband's name. I can't pronounce his last name. It's G-U-O-B-A-D-I-A. Y'all know I can't pronounce shit anyway. I'm not trying to have a bunch of y'all write in about how I can't pronounce shit. I'm not even going to try. But he actually looked nice too. A lot of people have had some commentary on his personal appearance. On his wedding day, I know this is her second wedding. I think this is maybe his third wedding. It could be the fourth. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And I'm not being shady. I'm genuinely not sure. They both look beautiful on their wedding day in both their their traditional wedding and their white wedding. To be 110 percent honest, they really could have kept the white wedding. That's something that's like very popular on the continent. Like people do like a traditional wedding, which to me is always better. But they also do a white wedding. It's kind of like a stunt because the traditional wedding is the one that actually matters to everybody. The white wedding is just like we have the money to throw two weddings, so watch us do so. But Portia did look amazing. Some people didn't like the dress; they were like, "I thought she was going to do a mermaid dress because she has such a beautiful shape and blah blah blah." And I was like, "I think that was predictable because everybody expected her to do it." I liked that she did a ball gown and the headpiece. It was giving me very like I don't know 18th century Russia or something like papal, popish. I liked it. I'm not criticizing it. It was just it was very over the top. Swanky Jerry has this very. Worry Weiss is actually the person who gave me this quote. He was like, there's a very thin line between ostentatious and gaudy. And he was like, very few people know how to walk up to the line and stop. And I think Swanky Jerry is really, really good at that. Like he does a lot and he stops right at the line before it becomes distasteful. Where it's just a lot to marvel at before you're like, oh my God, it's too much. It's, ugh, it, oh, I loved it. I loved it. I loved her. I love both dresses. They were both just, ugh, oh, magical. I was talking about it on Facebook, and I was like, you know what? It kind of makes me want to get married again, except I don't want another husband. So I was like, Dad, yeah, we have a dilemma. And I was like, shit, I guess I need to like write another book or do another film or, or do this TV series or something so I can have a big fancy party and have an excuse to like spend a lot of money and get dressed up with calls and wear a big dress. Ugh, I want to release the fabric. I can't. Yet. I got to buy this condo. Buying the condo is not even the, the true issue. It's like I got to buy it and furnish it because I ain't trying to be one of them people that got like a really dope condo with a really great view and ain't got no furniture in it. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. I'm tricking this thing out quickly. I already know about what I want. Like I've already started doing Pinterest boards for a condo that does not yet exist. Literally, it ain't built yet. That's not the point. The point is Porsche looked fucking amazing. This is also good black news. Some people might not say so. I say so. It appears Nia Long did leave. Remember Nia Long's fiance and father of her youngest child did some real dumb shit. We talked about it at the time. There's no need to rehash it. Nia appears to have moved on and so will we. Because on Thanksgiving, Nia Long posted a picture of what looked like the kitchen of a new apartment. And the caption was, Thankful for the gift of new places and new spaces. It appears that she ain't living with old boy no more. And then she done left and got her own space. And then in her Instagram story, she posted this video clip. I can't remember the actress's name, but it was a clip from some old movie. I say like the 50s or 60s or so. There's a woman sitting at a bar and a man comes up to her and he says something like, you're a woman who's always playing hard to get. And she said, not hard to get, hard to please. I was like... (laughs) I was like, Nia girl, sister Nia, big sis, tell us you don't fuck with him no more without telling us you don't fuck with him no more. Good for you. Good for you. It's always a sad thing when, uh, you know, families have to part ways. I'm sure this was not on her bingo card. Before that scandal erupted, she had packed up her shit from the West Coast and it moved to Boston to be with him. And then the scandal came out and, you know, it took her some time to figure out her next move. But apparently her next move was moving the fuck out. So to be clear, I don't celebrate a family um, breaking up and they weren't married, but they're very much a family. They were in partnership for over a decade. But, you know, he did what he did and and she did what she had to do. And I always celebrate a woman knowing her worth. And I also say this, because on a previous episode, I said, well, you know, whatever Nia decides to do, that's Nia's life and it's Nia's business. And I want to support her. And, you know, I, I recognize that a kid is involved. If Nia Nia had chosen to stay, I just wouldn't have said shit. But it seems based on her Instagram post, which she's since removed from her page. Because I went to check it right before I started recording. I just wouldn't have said shit. But I'm glad she left. She left. I think it sends... And her life is, is hers to live. It shouldn't be about sending a message. But it does because she's a celebrity and because the story was so big. And I hope that wasn't a factor in her decision. I hope she just chose to do what she thought was best for her. But I'm glad she left. I appreciate the message that it sends to other people that you don't have to stay in the middle of fuckery. You can act like you deserve better and go do better. And by better, I don't mean move on to someone else. I mean better by removing yourself from being treated bad. That's it. So good for Nia. I wish her and her children the best. I told you I was hosting this book club discussion Michelle Obama's new book, The Light We Carry. One of the travelers, bless her sweetheart, Kamika, she brought me cheese, chives, and a printed copy of Michelle Obama's new book. I was going to listen to the audio book because I wasn't sure if Ghana would have the book available because there's a delay sometimes in getting stuff over here. She brought me a copy of Michelle Obama's book, which, thank you, because I prefer to read and and scribble in the margins and all of that. So I would have figured it out the other way, but it's much easier for me this way. Um, But I started reading the book. I've got to do 50 pages a day in order to be ready for the book club. I've got to do 50 pages a day in order to be ready for the book club, and I'm on track. But I started reading it the other day. It's good so far. It's an easy read. Within the first couple pages, Michelle Obama is talking about writing her first book, and her trepidation before it was released because she says, you know, I was really honest about my life. I was really honest about my time in the White House. She did share a lot of herself in her first book, but she was talking about how they put together this 30 city tour. She was laying awake the the night before the book came out and was just anxious. And she was like, you know, are people going to like it? Are people going to come to these events that I'm hosting? Like, you know, is anybody going to read this? And I was like, Michelle Obama has imposter syndrome and not judging. I mean, I have it too. It made me feel comforted in some ways that it's not just me, but then also like, what the fuck is wrong with us? And also I've never heard a man talk about imposter syndrome. It's not to say that it doesn't exist. It's not to say that men aren't talking about it. It's just to say that I've never heard a man talk about it. I was wondering, is imposter syndrome like a woman thing? The first lady of the United States is laying awake at night and is so anxious she had to like get up and go find Barack somewhere in the house. He was in his office working on his own memoirs and she had to wander into the office in the middle of the night and like express all her like hopes, dreams, fears and failures to him and he was like, yeah, um, you're going to be fine. Everyone loves you. I love you. The book is going to sell. People are going to show up like it's going to be okay. Okay. And she was like, you think so? And he was like, this is her version. He was like, yeah. And she was like, "Okay." And then she went back downstairs and went to sleep. And I was like, that's wild to me, but not shocking because I know so many people who deal with imposter syndrome. I went to leading women defined. And this is like a whole bunch of black women who work in C-suites. I talked about this on here that I was a little intimidated going to the event. I mean, I got invited. It's an invite-only event. I clearly registered on somebody's list of, of people who belong in this room. I had to register for the event. And, you know, obviously, like, your name, your picture, your, your social media, your email, blah, blah, blah. But then it had to list your title. And everyone else was, you know, CEO, CFO, COO, creator, founder, chairwoman, like, all these, like, fancy titles. And I was like, podcaster? Author? I mean, executive producer, I mean, all in conjunction, they sound real good. Everyone just had one. And so I didn't want to name like, you know, all five things. And so I was like, which one do I do? Host, Ratchet and Respectable? Do people know what that is? Turns out, yes. Because I was sitting in the room and people were like, oh my God, I love you. And I was like, do you? How the fuck do you know me? Turns out everybody listens to Ratchet and Respectable. Who knew? I told y'all I had imposter syndrome. I see the numbers for the podcast and every week I'm still like, are people going to listen to this? it's not just Michelle Obama. It's not just me. And if you happen to listen and you have imposter syndrome, it's not just you either. But I brought that up because one of the topics that leading women define was imposter syndrome. And I was like, I'm sitting up in this room on some like, you know, feeling away about being like host ratchet and respectable. But I'm but sitting here with all these C-suite women, these chairwomen, these CEOs, CFOs, these founders, the most engaged conversation is about imposter syndrome. Like, Apparently, every woman who's on top of her shit is sitting there thinking, do I belong here? And I was like, yo, something's wrong with us. How do we end up like this? Why are all these very powerful, very smart, very educated, very accomplished women who are making shit tons of money. All feeling like like they're getting away with something and will be found out someday. The first lady even does it. That's weird. But so far, the book is really, really good. She hates Donald Trump. I mean, I do, too. And viscerally. But she viscerally hates Donald Trump. Like even just in the first 50 pages, she mentions him no less than seven times with like some kind of like shady remark. That's my only criticism. It's like it's so much about him. I know you hate him and you rightfully hate him. I completely get it. But I'm just kind of like I tuned in for you. And part of you is hating Donald Trump. But I was like, okay, you could have left it at like the first or second mention. That's the sole criticism that I have of the book thus far. And again, I'm only like 50 or so pages in. I have to beat my next 50 later today. I have a lot to do today. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics in Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Last but not least, Will Smith. We talked about his movie Emancipation. But Will Smith is back. Will Smith has been making the rounds. Um, I heard about a screening that he did at CBC. He's done a lot of other private screenings and he'd been off social media for a while and he ramped up his social media presence to promote this film as well. I like Will Smith. I got over the slap pretty early on. I thought people were overplaying it. Like People were like, oh, my God, I'm horrified by what I saw. And I'm like, it's 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 bad. Like he shouldn't have slapped him. Kind of. But people are acting like he killed somebody. And I was like, stop it. Like, let's let's all get ourselves together. Chris Rock didn't even hit the floor. Nobody's jaw was broken. Nothing was dislocated. Was he even bruised? I don't think so, because he performed like literally two days later. A lot of people blew it up to be more than what it was. All the stereotypes of of black men and anger and brutality and black brute, like all of that stuff came to the forefront and played out in of all people, Will Smith. Who was and probably still is the safest black man in Hollywood. Come on. But he's been making the rounds. And a bunch of people hit me up and was like, Will Smith is on Trevor Noah. I actually thought it came out today. And I was like, should I hold the podcast for it? But then I got up this morning and I saw that it aired last night. And I actually watched the whole clip. It's about 21 minutes. This is his first interview since the incident. He's released videos. I heard that he's spoken to press. But the stories are under embargo until closer to the release date of the film. But this is the first sit-down interview that he's done. And I knew he was going to do it at some point. I didn't know with who. I was like, is it going to be Oprah? Is it going to be Letterman? Is it going to be Tamron? I knew it was going to be somebody. Trevor Noah was not on my bingo card. But it was a really, really good interview. And it also made me really sad that Trevor Noah is leaving. he opened the interview it was a really strong interview for him and I was like damn I'm gonna really miss him and I was like I know you want to like you know run around the world and you know watch soccer and and Frankfurt and and get coffee in Jakarta and, and all of those things I want you to do all of those things but if he could maybe make just like carve out a little time maybe do a little special a little something like David Letterman on Netflix Um, And just because he's good at something and I love something doesn't mean he should rearrange his life to do it. But I would really, really appreciate it because I think he's really just a great interviewer. But this Will Smith interview was one of his best. And they're friends, which I think also helped. So it was a safer space for Will, but he didn't let him off the hook in terms of discussing the incident. But they didn't just talk about that. They also talked about the film and Trevor Noah. I think Will brought it up first because he's I wouldn't say he's on the defensive, but he's well PR trained. You can tell as he should be after all these years in Hollywood. But he was the first to bring up another slave movie. That's something that a lot of people had asked, self-included. He said that when he was considering the role, Willow asked him, do we really need another slave movie? And Will said it's not a slave movie. It's a freedom movie. Will said that this is not a slave movie, that it's a freedom movie. And it's specifically about the time period between Lincoln had declared enslaved people were free, but their owners were not freeing them. And so in the case of Whipped Peter, who is the character that Will plays in this film, he leaves his family and he runs, runs away trying to get to Lincoln's army. Where he will be declared free, and I think where he can fight in the civil war to free others. That's why he said it's a freedom movie. I also just appreciate like the you know the PR spin that they're giving it, and I was like, Oh, folks are working overtime. I see the money invested in a good PR. But when they talked about the incident, Will also spun this really well because Trevor didn't necessarily ask him One thing that a good PR will always tell you is when you go to do an interview, you should go in with things that you want the interviewer to know. So even whether they ask you the question or not, like there are points that you want to get across, you find a way to get them in, even if the person doesn't ask you the question. So Will wanted to tell Trevor Noah why people should see the film. He told Trevor Noah that one of his biggest, I don't know if he used the word regret. But one of the things he thinks about a lot, I think that's a fair way to put it, is that he made this huge, horrific, you definitely use the word horrific to describe what he did, choice and how many people it affected. And so he was like, I hope people don't punish the creators of this film, like Antoine Fuqua, who directed it. But he was like, I hope they don't punish them because of my bad decisions. And he was like, I, th- I hope people give it a chance for them because it's a really great film. And I, like, I was like, oh, yes, yes. The PR is yes, yes, yes. Did you get Judy for this? Because this is great crisis management. This is amazing. He was also very humble in the interview. He cried multiple times. I think he's really still in a, I don't know, I want to say a bad place, but he's at a very vulnerable place. I think he very much wants to be I think he very much knows that he did this horrible thing. He knows that he's still currently defined by it. He wants to overcome it. And he doesn't know if that's possible. I think he very much wants to be, I don't know if necessarily know if it's forgiven, but accepted. And this is just based on someone who's been through something similar. I don't think he thinks that he's worthy of acceptance yet. I think his self-esteem is still trash from whatever he was going through that was bad. Which he said he was like dealing with some things that before the Oscars and you know, that was just, you know, how all that rage, he used the word rage, but he was like, that's how all the rage came out was in that moment when the Oscar stage, which yeah, that tracks, that makes sense to me. But I think whatever he was dealing with, it had put him in that headspace. He he makes it worse, obviously, by getting on the Oscar stage and doing what he did. And then a lot of the world turns against him in a very loud, visceral way and it's been months of your worst possible fear probably coming true. You can still see he's a little broken. The first couple of times he wiped his eyes and stuff. Like, I didn't really get the sense that like, oh, he's really like feeling it or whatever. And I was like, he is an Oscar winning actor. There's no question whether Will Smith can act or not. Trevor was um, pouring into him, really. And he was like, you know, I think that you did a bad thing, but he was like, I don't think it should define you. He said a little bit more about that, but he really poured into him. Very similar to the way, remember when Usher invited Chris Brown on stage, poured into Chris Brown? It was so necessary. Like, you could see Chris Brown needed it. And then Chris Brown got really, really uncomfortable and was like, give me a hug, nigga. Sidebar, why didn't people go after Usher the same way they went after Kelly Rowland? Because Usher got Chris Brown, pulled Chris Brown up out the audience and had him come on stage, poured into him and was like, you're a legend and I love you. And no one went after Usher for that. Like Usher put the video on his own page. Usher has millions of followers. Surely people saw it, but nobody went after Usher the same way they went after Kelly Rowland. Kelly really just made people stop booing and and acknowledge that Chris Brown made great R&B. People went after Kelly Rowland terribly but didn't go after Usher. And I'm not saying they should go after Usher. I didn't think they should have gone after Kelly. But what's the difference? Why go after Kelly, but not Usher? I'm a genuine question. I really don't know the answer. That said, Will is still not in a good place. He probably doesn't need to be speaking to the press just yet, but this film's coming out and I think he's trying to do his best to promote it. I actually felt bad for him. Point and, and the same thing that Trevor Noah pointed out. I was I was sort of poking at this earlier. He was like, you know, like you you did something you shouldn't have done, and, and that was bad and it was awful. He talked about the Hollywood Reporter article too, um, the one we talked about last week, how they went after Leticia Wright, listing her name is problematic for sharing anti-vax information and then everybody else on the list, which Will was also included, had like histories of like sexual assault, rape, battery, just all sorts of shit. And I, I was like, I was like, how did her name get in this? But specifically, we're speaking about Letitia Wright at the time. But Trevor Noah pointed out and he was like, you, a grown man slapped another grown man at the Oscars. Like this doesn't rise to the offense of sexual assault or sexual abuse or domestic violence. Like, let's get a grip, people. Let's get a grip. I think Will needed to hear that. He was like he was like Chris Brown when, when Usher was pouring into him. He held it together a little more gracefully, still a little I felt bad for him. I wanted to give him a hug. I really did. And you know I ain't really a hugger. he looked like he needed a hug. It's someone who's been in aI need a hug space. I recognize his need for a hug. I can't wait to see the movie though. it actually looks really good. Alright, that's the episode for this week We'll be back on Friday I did my rounds before I sat down to record but There was nothing super compelling And yet, I feel like I'm missing a really big news story But I can't remember what it is Like I went and saw what I screenshotted I went through all my notes I keep a constant list of what's going on And I'm pulling a blank I will If I missed it, whatever it is It'll come to me surely as soon as I push in And then we'll talk about it on Friday Alright, right. Talk soon. Bye. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability.